Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I have Brian Fox and BJ Ferguson. Brian is a guest I've had on many times. I feel he does a good job of articulating like a anarcho-libertarian viewpoint. And BJ Ferguson is a, a, a good friend of mine I've trained with for years. Uh, he's a, a pro MMA fighter, was a real good pro and amateur MMA fighter, jiu-jitsu black belt, and an MMA and kickboxing like coach at Louisville Combat Academy. I thought today's episode would be a good time, and it certainly was. Um, getting to discuss about, you know, discuss some different uh, topics related to anarcho-libertarian type thought, um, that type of thing. So I appreciate everyone tuning in. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by one of the uh, more commonly recurring like MMA combat sports guests that I have on the show, BJ Ferguson. BJ, thanks for coming back on. How's it going, guys? Happy to be here. Um, and also Brian Fox, Brian, who represents a, a perspective of the libertarian crowd, the libertarian crowd. Okay. Certainly Brian has a little bit of a background with the military, um, and is a former Republican, but much so an anarcho libertarian. And I think he does a good job at articulating those stances. I would say that, uh, Thomas Massey is about 90 to 95% where I'm at. Okay. I'm not familiar with him. People who are familiar with me just think Thomas Massey and probably just go a little bit step further, and that's where I'm. That's where I'm at. Thomas Massey is the congressman from Northern Kentucky who's basically a libertarian. He's Rand Paul's buddy. He's the one who tried to hold up when Trump. They were passing through the CARES Act, the largest spending bill in the history of the country. Thomas Massey is the only fucking member of Congress who was like. 
stood up we to gotta Trump. Have a vote. We, we gotta have a vote. <laughs> we gotta have a vote. Like, come on, guys, pump the brakes. Let's let's chill the fuck out. He's the only one who did that. And Trump and that should tell, and that should tell you something about the two parties when unanimously they're willing to spend the most amount of money with the least of rep- amount of representation involved. They're like, oh, goody, let's just get this shit through. They love to spend money. Trump ripped Massey apart for that. Called him, what was it? A, you're a second third, grade. Third rate, third rate politician. Third grade, polit- third rate politician. He was just furious. Trump was calling him out, mocking him, uh, talking shit to him like he does. It was kind of funny, I guess. Massey handled it well. But to think uh, of the people in Congress, BJ, I would assume yeah. if, if you were to get into a position of political authority to any degree, when something comes across your desk, you should look at like... How feasible is this? Yeah, Where, where's even, the money going to come from type stuff? I, no, I don't really understand it, first of all, because like, oh, yeah, we're in all this debt. Uh-huh. And then we're like spending more. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And know, neither I, side has any problem it, it with it. It doesn't even exist. The money isn't even real, right? I mean, how can we be in debt and then still spend money? How? No, I really don't understand. The, the, the answer to no, that, saying, in, in, really, my, in my I, opinion... I Go ahead. I was going to say, in my opinion, the answer to that is we are fortunate that we live in the United States, which dominates the world currency. And so, therefore, we can run a basically a Ponzi scheme for a long time. And maybe, who knows, we might get away with it for another hundred years. I don't know. But it's a Ponzi scheme. And because we dominate the world currency, we're able to continue doing it. That's part of it, I would say. But there's another aspect to it that I think if you got to, if, and sometimes, and it's a very legitimate question, and I think it speaks to the broader issue of how can elected officials so blazonly just not even just step on the Constitution, but just completely do things that are just, you know, I guess I'm, I'm struggling to find the way to do the most appropriate way to describe for it, but how is it they can violate the oath of office, violate the constitution, spend so much money, do so many terrible things with little to no repercussion. And the answer is because there's really no accountability. And when I say there's really, really no accountability, what I'm saying is they know that they, that probably about a 70 to 80% of the electorate that is voting doesn't pay attention at least not to the degree that is required to have an informed opinion. They see the headlines, they hear the sound bites, but they're not thinking things through because they have lives to live and they don't have time to be bothered with being kept up on the nuance and the details of policy and what is right and what is wrong. So when they hear the guy on the TV say what they want to you know say or when they hear someone speaking in a way that sounds good to them that appeals to them that's good enough for them to say yeah he's got my vote never mind that probably none of what they are saying is actually going to happen and if anything it's probably going to be the exact opposite but that's how people are and it's it happens on both sides so in the same way that the right wing mocked obama voters for being sheep meaning blindly following this iconic, charismatic leader who was telling them everything they wanted to they, hear. Which they did do. They did, to be on, to be yeah. fair, they did do that. Despite er, the ridiculousness of everything he was saying, they're like, this is our guy, we're going to follow him. Even if they, something didn't sound right, they just liked the guy so much they didn't care if it didn't make sense. And the exact same thing happened again yeah. with Trump. People what, love Trump 
that don't really think through what Trump is saying. And if you really think through half of what Trump is saying, it's is equally absurd as what Obama said. It's just in a different way. I have family and friends that are exactly the same way. They just love the way he sounds. They just love the way he talks. It's true. But they don't think through the common sense aspect of, wait a minute, does this really add up? So therefore, they get away with it in the elected side. Now, how do they get away with the spending? How do they get away with the Ponzi scheme of running up the debt? Because there's no accountability for them. No one is personally going to hold them accountable when they keep getting reelected and they're not going to be responsible for the debt because it's going to keep rolling over for generations and eventually somebody else is going to be on the hook for that. They're not going to be on the hook for that. They're enjoying the benefits of all this spending without any of the consequences of when the bill comes due. So it's basically, it's like maybe say your kids or your wife or somebody else running up a credit card in your name and then bailing on you and you're stuck with the bill at the end. A lot of people can relate to that. And that's exactly what's happening now is they are spending your, they're literally taxing the American people, billions, if not trillions, taking that money, giving it away, keeping it for themselves. They're not, it's not literally what it sounds like, but it's how they run the system through spending, through aid bills, all that different kinds of stuff. A lot of that money that's going to Ukraine is absolutely being laundered for themselves. Why do you think they're so eager to do it? Yeah, what was it where, like, uh, was it Rand Paul that wanted to, that tried to get a vote for, like, we should see where the money's going or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I think in the Senate, Rand Paul was the one who said, okay, guys, I get it. We're going to be sending a bunch more money to Ukraine. We should at least have a like an actual audit of where the money's going. Everybody's like, "Oh my God, he's a nut job." I was like, "How in the hell is this not?" That seems totally logical. Because the reason why is most people in Congress, most people in elected office, know that they're going to get away with it. There's no repercussions. No one's going to hold them accountable. They know how to play the game. That's it's as simple as that. No one's going to be held accountable for spending. Spending is something that everybody in D.C enjoys and benefits from so therefore it's always allowed no matter what yeah i thought that was crazy because i've just like what kind of in what kind of business could you be like all right we're gonna None. send all this money we don't gotta keep track <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you'd yeah. be like well no we're not fucking doing that <laughs> i thought that was the craziest shit and i'm like any how can somebody vote no to that well the thing is is that probably does happen that does happen in business Often, well, those businesses go out of business within a few years, unless and, you're unless you're a bank, okay, and you get bailed out, okay, yeah, <laughs> yes, that has the right connections with the right people, and then you get a bailout. What horseshit? What horseshit? Well, that's how I felt about it. Like just like with the Ukraine money, I'm like, they're obviously fucking getting this money back somehow. Or they oh, would, yes, they yeah. wouldn't fucking they wouldn't you wouldn't do it. You know, you're not going to be like, yeah, let's just go. Like, I think I, I read something, you know, and I'm not, that said like they, like 30% of the money was like not accounted for. And that's like freaking like. I would, and I would wager that BJ sounds like the kind of guy that was probably would consider himself probably like a constitutionalist conservative, likes a liber lot of liberty ideas is my guess. Yeah, that's from accurate. The, from the sounds of your complaints is you like the constitution you probably even like some of the liberty stuff in terms of more freedom. It's just that it hasn't very been very well represented in media through any of the parties, and you don't see it happening within the government. 
So it's kind of like the ideas of what you want for more freedom and more liberty and constitutionalism versus the reality of what's happening in our society just don't jive. Yeah, and, probably- and I honestly feel like it's got too deep. It's got too bad to, to turn around. Mm. You know what I mean? I would not disagree. Um, I would say that uh, not only has it gotten worse, is it probably too far, are we too far gone? I would actually say that what I'm noticing is that there is a level of anger and hostility that is just absolutely building up between the left and the establishment versus the right. Yeah. And I'm honestly kind of, kind of of the opinion now that I'm not sure that I see a window anytime soon for the Liberty movement to play a role in changing anything anytime soon. I actually think that there's going to have to be a reckoning between the establishment and the populist conservative types for something to happen. Either something breaks and everybody bows down to the system or there's something happens and we either have an uprising secession federalism something happens to where we we've got to break the status quo once the status quo is broken in some way then i think that there's an opportunity for liberty to come through but the problem is is a lot of people are very angry and upset and it's not going to be a matter of just political change anymore in terms of, well, we just want better, smarter policies. and We want to limit government. I think we're way beyond that. And I don't mean that to say that the ideas of liberty are not valid. I think that we have violated the principles of governance in such a way that there's no polite or, um, how shall we say, uh, there's nothing within the system to rectify the amount of corruption that we have. I think that it has to spill over and break. I think we got to break the dam and let the chips fall where they may. Once the status quo has been broken, then I think when we rebuild and we reform, however that happens, whether that's in a totally different union, whether that's in a reformation of some sort or secession, I don't know. I'm for any of it. But whenever that happens, then I think liberty can play a role in smarter policy of checks and balances and limiting, you know, power of the government. But until then, I think that the state, the establishment. So when I refer to the establishment from a libertarian perspective, I'm referring to the people within the powers of the institutions, both of the government and even within the private sector that are pretty much working hand in hand with the government. CEOs of the banks. Yes. That's basically a government employee. The media, the banks, you know, all the institutions working hand in hand for power. Once that is defeated or at least broken, that's when liberty has the opportunity for us to find a new way to establish a new system of order. But I think right now that it's just growing too big and too powerful that there has to be a reckoning. And honestly, I just don't, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't presume to know what's going to happen. I, I can see it can go either way. I can see it that the people who want something that resembles freedom push back enough to where we either have federalism, which is where states invoke their ability to manage their own affairs and push D.C. away, um, which is basically what the enumerated powers in the Tenth Amendment is all about. Or we can see secession, which is where states absolutely break away altogether and maybe work in voluntary uh, order with other states like a reformation, so to speak. Like Florida, Alabama, you know, 
Wyoming, Montana. Brian, would you would you compare that to a a would you draw a parallel at all to the disintegration of the USSR, possibly? Like a balkanization, perhaps. Like yeah. for instance, like what we saw in Europe. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's I think there's a lot of different ways we can see that happen. And you know that could be just, cool. Yeah, flip a quarter, however it's gonna happen. I don't really have a concern. I think right now the status quo is we are 50 states subservient to D.C., and until we start pushing back against D.C. or break away from D.C. or the union, I should say, the status quo, the establishment is going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. And we're either going to see generations of loss of liberty and more power to the system in which, I mean, I honestly can see it to where maybe in about 40 to 50 years, gun rights is almost considered debatable. That's what I see. That's that's how that's, that's what I see. What do you mean by that, BJ? You see that what? I think it's just gonna get worse. And yes. people are just most people are subservient. You know, yes. the COVID the COVID the COVID test passed. You know what I mean? I feel but like I that do, or you yeah. mean we all mis we all miserably failed. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do believe that there's that there's that possibility, but I do believe that there's enough people that are freedom loving and stubborn enough to push back. And whether it's a governor, a mayor, a county sheriff, someone somewhere is going to finally do something to say enough is enough. We're drawing a line and then other people are going to follow their lead. Yeah. But see, I don't I know think. what can happen. Who I, I don't know. I don't presume to know. I'm saying these are all options on the table, but I do think there's going to have to be someone who's going to have to take the lead and make the first step that we're drawing the line. We're no longer going to follow with what the establishment does and we're pushing back. So how that happens and when that happens, I have no idea. See, I feel like if that does happen, like say like Texas was like, Hey, I'm not fucking with this shit. Texas is becoming increasingly blue. I, I yeah. think there's a very chance. Then they're just going to send in the army and fuck them up. And then people's going to be like, they were insurrectionists. Like, fuck so, them. So, so they tried to Texas buy, will they, try they, to succeed. If anybody tries anything, they're going to crush Send them. in the federal government. They're going to send them in. They're going to crush them. And then, you know what most people's going to say? Especially, like, left-leaning people that are really pro-government now. It's kind of weird. You know, how, you know, I'm thinking, like, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, like, the hippies used to hate the vax. You know, now, like, the same people's like, you want to fucking kill me? You know, because you... So, they're going to say... Just like they did, like the January sixth shit, yep. which I, I don't really care about that. You know, it's not that big a deal to me. But they're gonna say, "Look, they was trying to." Them were domestic terrorists. Them were traitors. Them were terrorists. We kill them, and we're glad they're killed. Let's and, move on. And they're already setting a precedent for that, aren't they, Brian? I mean, yeah. I mean, like nothing shocks me anymore. I'm at the point where it's like I'm a That's little bit I'm. like I'm a little bit like BJ here. I'm just waiting to see what happens. I'm like. I'm no longer concerned with what exactly is going to happen. I'm just kind of like taking a wait and see approach. My whole thing is like right now I have distanced myself from being politically active. I'm just focusing on my family, the people that I know locally, trying to build up our family and our network so that whenever the shit does hit the fan, we're prepared locally. Facebook friends, as much as I love them, nobody on social media is really going to help you a whole lot. You know, when the shit goes down, when things become really bad, it's the people you know in real life that will matter the most. So you've got to cultivate those personal relationships. So um, 
I would just say that I'm not really too worried about how anything's going to change. You know, it may not even be in my lifetime. This may be a gradual process that, it, you know, doesn't change until after I'm long gone. I don't know. But uh, I do think people need to consider, and this might be a good segue for what we originally brought in together is, what do you want out of your government and why? Or at least what do you want out of society and why? Because I think one thing I've noticed is, because I'm a former Republican and former conservative, I grew up on like Rush Limbaugh, Fox News, Sean Hannity, and that kind of stuff. The war on terror, I was all about that. I grew up on a lot of that stuff. And I definitely believe that a lot of people that are Republicans or conservatives are very sincere in their desire for more freedom, for less government. I just don't think that they truly understand what it entails. And I think that when people press them on that, it kind of scares them a little bit because people talk about drug, you know, prohibition about ending the drug war. How do you feel about more access to drugs? You know, machine guns. Are you okay with, you know, people having access to machine guns? You know, these are just simple questions that might sound silly to you or I, but they're very real concerns to a lot of other people who might say, I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, I'm about more freedom. But then they get a little bit jittery when you start pushing them on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And it's because they don't think about it that much. They don't realize they think freedom just simply means everybody's going to work, paying their taxes. You have the right to own a gun. You go shooting or hanging out with your friends. You enjoy a beer. Your life, life is good. We're not at constant war. You know, America. They think that's kind of what it is because we've become so lulled into this idea for so many years to think that as long as you can just mind your own business and do the right thing and stay out of trouble, that's kind of what you want. But there's so much more to that. And people don't realize is, okay, let's just say that between the three of us, one of us perhaps enjoys using something that alters your state of mind called marijuana. Mm -hmm. That 20 to 30 years ago, that was there was a lot of stigma to that. There was, you're now, right. Now it's a very, it's as common as drinking beer in most places. Yeah. However, most people don't realize the amount of, how shall we say, there's a lot of law, there's a heavy boot of law enforcement still in many places about people who want to choose for themselves to use substances that the state has determined to be illegal. Okay. That used to be marijuana. People literally used to get arrested and put in jail for marijuana. Oh, I did a couple of times. Yeah. I, so, I also did two two separate times myself. Yeah. Yep. And went to jail for like a joint. Yeah, me too. Twice. Yeah. Twice. 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 Let's just say you're underage having a beer at the age of 16 or 17. High school football game. You get busted. You know, there's a lot of ways we can go in this. People say they're about freedom, but then they don't think it through. How much freedom do you want and what are the consequences you're willing to have? You say you're pro-gun, but how pro-gun are you? Are you willing to let kids have rifles and machine guns? Mm. You know, where do you, where do you draw the line and what consequences are you willing to live with? Are you pro-free market? Great. So are you willing to let somebody open up a hot, you know, a restaurant without any mm. state oversight and risk that cockroaches yeah. and rats are running through the kitchen and the food might be, you know, poisoned. Oh, by the way, that actually still happens regardless of, you know, current, you know, regulation. But the point is, you've got to be willing to think it through and go down that rabbit hole of what is entailed in freedom, that there's consequences and benefits to it. And a lot of people just don't want to do that. Just like people on the other side who think about socialism and they think, well, socialism is great because 
everybody gets their fair share and you know the wealthy have to contribute and people get taken care of they hear they see the icing but they don't see the cake they don't realize okay do you understand how much tyrannical enforcement is involved to make socialism i would say functional not even necessarily work do you have any idea how much you have to pay in taxes how much freedom you lose because there has to be such a heavy-handed state control for everybody to be taken care of by the state for the state to be able to manage everything you know just look at obamacare if you guys know anything about you know healthcare i know you know kelly here does the amount of state control and oversight into healthcare is ridiculous and it only got worse with obamacare and there's a reason for that because healthcare is so pervasive throughout your lives it literally touches upon everything just the way covid did just the way climate change does they actually don't really give a shit. It's like here's the here's the thing. When I talk about control and I talk about socialism, people at the bottom rungs, when they hear and talk about socialism, they're thinking about the unicorns and rainbows of everybody being taken care mm -hmm. of. They're not the smart ones. The smart ones know the control and the enrichment that's involved. There's a lot of state control involved to run and manage people's lives and the resources involved, and they know what's really going on there. They really know the amount of power, the amount of control that's at stake, the amount of enrichment that's at stake. And they realize that in the end, not everybody's going to get wonderful health care and wonderful access to food and housing and clothing and everything they want. Not everybody's going to be, you know, a poet that's living happily in, you know, in their apartment or in their house, you know, enjoying a very comfortable lifestyle. That's not what's going to happen. A so poet, a poet. that does sound like a socialist utopian that, type that's, thing. A, that's the marxist utopia so <laughs> you're just a poet you just hang out and write poetry and you're, you're so people on the left and people on the right both have this idea of what sounds good for either for freedom or for socialism but they don't think it through to the logical conclusion and accept the consequences and then you've got some people who say i just want to be a moderate I just want to have some sensible government and I just want to have the government just do the minimum of what it has to do and leave people alone. Well, that's a wonderful idea, but it doesn't happen. Why? Because power corrupts. Okay. When people get in power, they're not doing it because most people in general, I would say, do not get into office because they're benevolent people who want to look out for their fellow man. They know that there's enrichment involved for themselves. You know, for every Thomas Massey, we got about 20 or 30 others that are literally there just to enrich themselves. But the average person who doesn't pay too much attention doesn't think of it that way. They don't see it that way. So, again, we are in a shit show that is because people just like the idea of what they want because the idea sounds so good. But the reality, the nuts and bolts of it, they don't think through and they don't consider, oh, shit, this, you know, this gets really deep when you follow it through. And again, it's because we've been spoiled for so many years, for so many decades of a relatively peaceful and prosperous lifestyle in which we haven't really been faced with the consequences of that. And it's starting to catch up with us really fast. Um, the Patriot Act was the biggest first step towards tyranny in a lot of ways. Um, that really put it front and center, which is what enabled COVID, and COVID was the next step. So these are just, and honestly, this isn't even like really touching on the worst that government can be. This is just like the, this is like the government really just stepping it up. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot worse before it gets better. 
So again, yeah. that's kind of where I'm coming from is I understand where people say they just want sensible government. They just want moderate government, but there is no such thing. And the evidence is what you see before you because people are inherently greedy and corrupt that go into public office. And that's why you have to limit the size and scope of government, but nobody wants to do that because then that takes away the reason why they're there in the first place. BJ, one of the questions you had for me recently, I think, was you like the idea of small government, stay out of our business. What would happen to people who are something along the lines of, you know, mentally, physically disabled, so the actual indigent in that type of a maybe anarcho? Yeah, yeah, like a total... Anarchy. Anarchy, yeah. Like, that's one of the things I was like, well, you got to have a little bit of government, right? To keep, like, like you were saying, like. So, yeah. So, think about this. What happened was many, many years ago, I'd say before the turn of the century, even, who took care of the people among us? Largely communities, churches. So, local faith groups or just people working in voluntary cooperation with one another, people that who shared our same sentiments for those who were in need. And they thought, man, I'm going to get together with my neighbors and this family down the street that just lost their dad or just lost their mom. We're going to help them out a little bit because they don't have anything. Well, that's just kind of human nature for a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people. So, what happened is eventually government started growing and growing and growing. And as government grew, it took more and more of a center role into society to take care of these social benefits. You know, I think it was FDR with a new deal. So it's kind of like the idea of, well, government can do so much if we just let government do it. Yeah. And at the time for some people, it sounded like a fantastic idea. But they didn't follow it through. But again, it's like good intentions. Even if you want to believe that the occasional communist big government person at the top genuinely wants to have a good outcome, the futility of believing that the government can do that. Because what's the problem with the government versus a private business? Right off the top of your head, what do you think is the most significant difference between a public service versus a private service. What do you think is from what I've seen is like you have to have results. You have to be successful. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds so simple. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're yeah. all like, yeah, yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. So, <laughs> what the, why can't incent- why can't people see that? Yeah. That's there's funny. incentive to do a good job to get continue to get like you know if uh, Burger King or McDonald's if they constantly throw out a shit product, nobody's going to want to go back and buy that product, right? Yeah. However, with the government service the DMV, or if you go to, through the TSA or whoever, you know, whoever the construction, whoever you're going to go through, if there's no incentive to provide a good service, well, there's no, they're not going to change. Yeah. So, and plus it's a waste of money. So when it goes back to t- to loop this around is they're not good at providing services because there's no incentive to provide a good service. There's no accountability. So having them be in charge of money that's responsible for taking care of those in need just doesn't make any sense. So I'm just going to say that in a truly free society, there would be less taxes, less regulation. People would have more freedom and more empowerment. And guess what? You could use your churches or local community groups to work together to outreach 
And guess what? We do that already. Yeah, churches yeah. already do that. I yeah. do feel like the taxes are a big deal, too, because, like, you got to think, like, kind of like you were saying, like, mentally, I can catch myself being like that, where, like, seeing somebody down and being like, don't this motherfucker get food stamps? You know, and thinking, don't they get, don't they get disability? You know, like, they don't need my money. So maybe you're judging someone? No, I'm saying he's, he's probably right. You know, like, the m- mentality of the big government taking care of somebody for so long, at least in my lifetime, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. You got, so like, a, like you're a woman with two kids and you don't got a job. You you probably get Section 8 and you'll probably get food stamps. You'll probably get took care of enough. So that'll leave me being like, oh, I don't need to help them. Okay. Oh, you know I mean? okay. So so what you're describing is what Brian was saying, yeah, which is yeah. the onus is taken off of yes, the yes, community. See that. The yes. onus is no longer on the local churches. Yeah, yeah. Church used to play a larger role in society too, yeah. which I don't they think is a bad do. thing. They still do. They, they still do, yeah. But but the onus has been taken off of off of the individuals and now it's just like, Oh, that's the government's that's job. Why. Well guess what? The government's fucking horrible at everything they do. So that sucks but for now, those disabled people. But now think about it this way. Well, let's say your issue isn't necessarily a check, and we've kind of touched on this before in other podcasts. Let's say your issue is you have a shitty work ethic, or let's just say that you just have a hard time waking up on time. Is a government check going to solve that issue? No. Fuck no. Make it worse. Or are you more likely to be, if you have trouble holding down a job, because of a bad work ethic or because you're on drugs or because for whatever reason you can't do what it takes to show up and do your job is a government check to subsidize your lack of employment going to incentivize you to be a better employee not at all yeah i had the same conversation with somebody around uh i think it was the last presidential election who was it uh who's the asian guy yeah, Andrew Yang. Yeah, Yang. He was gonna. He wanted to give everybody the, the UBI, U- like, Universal Basic Income. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, this is not gonna help. And they was like, well, you don't think it would help people, and they could, uh, they could go to school, and they could, you know, all the, the tell somebody was telling me all this stuff. They could start a business, you know. And I'm like, no, lazy people are just gonna be fucking more lazy if you give them more money. They're just not gonna go out and do anything. I people. Think. So when it comes to the free market as an absolutist free market, here's the key. People absolutely need consequences. They need to know that if they screw up, if they sleep in, if they yell at their boss and get fired, if they do some dumb shit, then there's going to be consequences. They're not going to have that safety net. On the flip side, they also need to know that if they want to invest and work hard and run a business and take chances and invest money, guess what? There's a lot of reward in that, and they're not going to get taxed to death, and they're not going to get overly regulated. They can open up a shop, and they can run their shop the best way that they see fit, and they can get the benefits from that. So it's got to go both ways. You've got to have the consequences as well as you got to have the benefits. And what people want to do now with, like, say, even UBI, I mean, UBI sounds like, well, gee, we have a very functional society. Unfortunately, there's a few people that just aren't doing well or a lot more people could be doing better if they had an extra check. These people don't understand economics. They don't understand human nature. They're just looking at it as in like, well, hey, we can tweak society a little bit and make it better. Well, who are you getting that $1,200 a month from? That's not, you're printing it literally, but what is it effectively coming from? It's effectively the burden is being placed on the people. I'm yeah. paying that $1,200. So 
And then you even look at, I'm not even going to the rights perspective where it's like, it's absolutely freaking wrong to be taking money from some people to subsidize somebody else. We're not even entering that. We're not even going down that rabbit hole yet. We're just talking about the idiot, you know, the idiocy of just considering how dare you consider that you just think you can float money around and make people's lives a little bit better. Better yet, why don't you put the incentive on them to strive to do better for themselves and stop making stupid mistakes that hold themselves back? But people don't see the, the economy for what it is. They don't see society for what it is. So expecting these people to have solutions. And again, these people are supported by millions of people who aren't thinking things through. How many kids are growing up playing video games, playing sports, and that's all that they know. No one's ever talked to them about economics. No one's ever talked to them about the principles of success and failure in life. So therefore, all this horseshit sounds pretty good to them. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it does sound pretty good. Sure, you know, sounds, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If it you it just, does sound pretty good. Be like, oh, everybody's going to have money. Yeah, it does sound good. I can see where people would be would buy into I, it. I never took an economics course, but I did at least have a mom who pretty much instilled the, under, the understanding of earning your money and paying your bills. And I learned a lot from that, a very simple concept of just checks and balances of like, you earn money and you spend money, you earn money and you spend money and managing your expenses. And once you understand that, the seed has been planted for how economics actually work because you realize you have credits and you have debts. It's as simple as that. You either earn money and you either spend more money than you earn or you earn more money. It's just, and people don't get that anymore because we got too many dumb people, largely from public schools, but also just people in general who just, you're, <laughs> you've got idiot parents raising idiot kids. Well, and I feel like, you know, going back to like the universal income, I feel like there's a large portion of people that you could throw whatever money you want to at. Oh, yeah. And it's never going to, they're, they're going to go down to the boat. You know, it's just they can't get it. You know, I, I've known people like that growing up because, like, I grew up in a, you know, rural area. I would consider, you know, a lot of people I grew up with to be, like, white trashy-ish people, you know. Taylorsville. Well, some in Taylorsville, but I grew up in Shepherdsville. But, you know, same thing, right? And it doesn't matter. They can get a good job. They Somehow can get they a good job. Somehow they score $20,000. Or whatever, you know. Some or, opportunity or, where they could get ahead. They And it's just they're always poor again. And you're like, where where do you spend your money? You know, if it's not drugs, you, it's lotto would, tickets. It's dumb shit. And I don't feel like they, they can be saved with money. Would, at least. You, would you agree that a lot of these people need to be made to suffer their consequences? I they guess it would have to be, be like that, but they need you know. a they have to bottom out and kind of like come to Jesus. Yeah, I don't know if that would help either, though. But but honestly. no, I don't know that it would help. But 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 the 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 one thing that it's important here is that's reality. Yeah, like a society. So if you if you like, fuck up, you you should you have the con. You're the one who fucked up. You should yeah. have the consequences of fucking up. I mean, we're not like coming in here and throwing some radical idea at them. They're like, hey, you if you fuck something up, you should be the one accountable. It's not that yeah. radical of a yeah. concept. You've actually touched on it, BJ. Some people can't be saved. Well, if a person is chronically stepping on their own dick, if a person just can't make a proper decision to save their life because they're too indulgent and short-sighted, then maybe that 
it's kind of where Darwin needs to step in and say, you know what? Oh, I agree. Maybe this life isn't for you, and eventually it's going to catch up with you because you're either such a fool that you will literally sit and dwell in your own shit, and you won't do anything about it to change, in which case you're eventually going to forfeit your own life either by starvation or some other manner of suffering because you're an asshole, or at some point the suffering becomes too much and you realize I need to change my ways yeah. and get my shit together. BJ, have you it's ever possible. had the issue of accidentally stepping on your own dick? <laughs> no, I'm no? very, very Caucasian. Okay. <laughs> what about accidentally stepping on other sticks? <laughs> no, no. We could turn no. this into a different type of podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some, I just hate to, I hate to be like that because sometimes I feel like I'm... Sounding like a, a ruthless dickhead. Well, let me ask you a question. Hey, BJ, let me ask you this. Do you have kids? Yes, four. Okay. Um, are you by okay? This is probably jumping a little bit too far, but because I was going to get take that in a different direction, but I will just say this when you're raising kids, there are times when you have to tell them no and you have to watch as they pout and suffer, especially when it comes to missing out on something or having to sit or endure something that is uncomfortable or very difficult for them for the sake of learning a lesson, correct? Yes. If you constantly come to the rescue every time they make a bad decision, are, are you helping them or are you hurting them? No, you're not going to raise good kids like that. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't believe in putting the government in a, how shall we say, a parental position, but just even from a policy perspective, is there anything good about policy that mitigates consequences for people who are perpetually making stupid decisions? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. You can't, yeah. So you don't want to watch someone suffer, but you're actually creating or even enabling suffering by bailing them out when, in fact, what they really need to do is be made to suffer and realize, oh, crap, I can't do this anymore. I've got to show up at work on time. I've got to put in a good effort at work to maintain a job to pay the bills because I'm not going to get food stamps or any kind of housing aid. So I've got to do what I got to do. I so I, I think we're all on the same same page on that for the most part. Um, I hate to take it in this direction, but is it right if I, I pivot? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. What's well, going? For, sorry, for what, Brian. I just want to say that's more for the audience's benefit. Some things need to be articulated for people who are wondering how and why would you do that? Why would you be so cruel? Okay. And sometimes when you talk about a truly free market and consequences, people will say that that's cruel to let people suffer. You're right. They do say that. Yeah. And that's what they say about libertarians. A lot of times you guys are heartless pieces of shit. I would kind of say that too, even though I'm kind of like, cause I feel like what if you got like a guy that's like mentally retarded and doesn't have parents with money. But that's not the same person who's doing things because of oh, his food. I agree. I agree. You know, I think I and like if you eliminate and if you eliminate aid for people who are foolish and reserve that aid for people who are messing up due to no fault of their own. I agree. You're in an entirely that, different world. That's what I feel like. I feel like we need to save that money for people that really need it. It's great that we have a I think it's great that we have a social what would you call it? Like net. A, yeah. a social net, but we need to limit it. You okay. know, maybe some people say, well, is, you, but then the question is, why is it not limited? Why do you think that they expand it and make it so easily accessible? What's I don't know. The, 
Probably somebody's buddy's making like two hundred a year. Who, spending who benefits? Who benefits from benefits going out to these people from people getting housing and food stamps? Who benefits from that? Oh yeah, somebody with a job that's getting a lot of money, or the uh, that's so what someone I think. in a bureaucracy or in an elected official who can say we're taking care of those people that are in need. Vote for me, and I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of. Oh, you want more education? You need more access to food? You need more access to health care? Vote for me so that you can get that stuff. It, we've come a full circle to what we started with, especially when it comes to socialism. It's the promise of a better life if you vote for me. Yeah, That's what it all comes down to. And it's a good trick. Honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it is it any more of a trick though than saying vote for me and you'll get more freedom? But oh, by the way, instead of more freedom, you're getting more government because that's what benefits me. That's yeah. what the Republicans do, right? Yeah. They'll promise you they're going to protect your rights and shrink government, but all they end up doing is taking away more of your rights and growing government. You could argue that those that those people are even better liars. Yeah, I guess Actually, so. Because they're going to try to influence the less emotional side of the country. Hey, listen to me. I've got this shit figured out. Let's do what's right for the country. Vote for me. And then he doesn't even do that. Well, see. And then you vote for him again. For me, politically, I started out as a Republican because I was just like, I think the first time I ever got to vote was like George Bush the first time. That was my first time. I voted every single time for president. I've never missed it. And you've always voted Republican? Every time. Okay. Okay. And now I used to be like, eh, you know, like I, you know, I really didn't, you know, especially when I was like 18 or 19, you know, or, you know, even when I was 21, I was saying 23, I guess would be the next one. Cause I think I just turned 18. I'd been 18 for a few months when I, when I voted for George Bush the first time. And I liked the guy. I just voted, voted for him cause I liked the guy. But like anymore, I just like, as far as like the Democrats are concerned, they just seem loony to me. What? I'm just saying, like, it doesn't make, you know, like, I'm just like, no. You're saying the left in the United States lot seems of, crazy? There's just a lot of deals where I'm just like, I can't fuck with y'all. And a lot of a lot of ways I can. Like, as far as, like, abortion's concerned, I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I don't think it's a great thing, but you know what? It's your business, whatever. Sure. I'm not going to try to. There's other know. stuff we should be focusing on. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. But then, like, with the left now, it's like with the... This is an issue that I think represents someone like BJ or myself, where you try to... Or you too, Brian. I think you try to be sympathetic to people on the left. I actually do. You may not think that of yourself. I think I know what people on the left want better than they do, to be honest. Okay. No, that's fair. Um but but I th- I think you 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 don't want to like hurt poor people or you, things like that. But right, what, um, what really <laughs> you do? I would say this. Uh, <laughs> He's like, well, matter of fact, I I don't mind I driving poor. by people who are wearing Bernie signs and they are starving and out <laughs> in the sun and you know dehydrated <laughs> and that kind of stuff. But I most certainly don't mind if they're wearing a George Bush shirt either in the same situation. Okay. So either or. Uh, I would say that uh, I love the caricature of people being selfish because, you know, for some reason you're not willing to support all these policies and spending because they somehow think that that equates to them being charitable. But as it goes, you're not charitable with other people's money. And that's exactly what's going on is when you support policies and they think, well, stealing from the rich and making the rich pay their fair share, that's, that's just the right thing to do. And I'm like, well, first of all, it's not just the rich and you're a dumbass if you think that's what it is. The rich are able to hide their money. Second of all, it's not your place to look at somebody else and say, I need more of your money to support me or somebody else. 
that's entitlement, that is greed. And I would argue that more people that are on the poor side of the scale are more greedy than the people at the other side that make as much of all this kinds of crazy money. They actually tend to want power more than anything else. Um, I've worked a lot of hourly jobs in my life. Pretty much every job I've ever had was an hourly job. Many of them were entry level. And I'd say that the amount of greed that I encountered with those types of people was just immeasurable. And they were like looking for any reason not to do their job, always bitching and complaining, always thinking that they deserve more. And it's just so ironic because I'm thinking to myself, you think you're entitled to more, yet here you are, you can't even show up and do an honest day's work. And that goes for so many people. It's the people who think that they don't have enough to think that they are entitled to more that aren't actually out there getting after it to earn that. Mm -hmm. So I have a real problem with that. Again, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I can see this clearly for what it is. Um, I don't think it's anything that requires a genius level understanding. I just think that there's a lot of people that are, again, they're very dumbed down. They don't have any critical thinking skills, which I think is key. They don't want to think things through. I don't necessarily think that they're necessarily dumb. There's a lot of smart people that I've encountered that are socialists. They're very dedicated socialists. But I think when it comes to reflecting on the logic of the policies and then it actually come to an understanding of rights, it just throws them through a loop that they just can't get out of. Um, I'll admit policy is not for everybody. If BJ and I were to discuss in-depth policy on natural rights and guns and foreign policy, there might be some disagreement, and I'm sure it'd be a very sincere disagreement. And there would be some aspects on it that he would be fine questionable or a little unsure. And that's fair. I don't expect everybody to be a policy expert. But if he's able to be sincere and open-minded and say, tell me what you think about this and why and consider the answer that I give him, He's already 10 steps farther than somebody else who perhaps has considered policy deeply, but they already have their mind made up. Yeah, agreed. They're not willing to hear what other people are thinking. They're not willing to be objective about what's being considered or talked about. I feel like that's a large portion of the population now. I, I agree. Are, Where it's just they're, they're already made up. Like you, you, you can, you know, as far team as red or team blue. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of shitty. Yeah. Well, cause I'd say so. It's like, cause like you're never gonna fucking change, and you don't care what they get so far. And I'm talking like red and blue. No, that they're goes so for both sides. Far, it doesn't matter what that person does; they're still on the team. So then you can get away with a lot of shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You can get away with a lot of shit, and people are just like I'm. They I, I'm locked in. I'm there, and they don't like mental you know, gymnastics. Kind of touching into, on what you're defending. What Ryan your, said a lot of people are not. You know, they don't give a fuck. I'd say my dad's like that too. What do you mean he doesn't give a fuck? He doesn't really want to deal with the shit. You know, he's just like, he's not going to sit around and listen to fucking every, podcast and, and learn about fucking every, every try topic. To get the, you know, he's just trying to fucking work and take care of his so, family. So those you know. people a lot of times vote Republican. They And the other way too. You know, like a lot of the lefties, like they don't, a lot of the people I talk to, I don't, I don't want to say that as a derogatory term, lefty, but kind of People who now. vote Democrat. Yeah, a lot of the people, they don't know shit. Yeah, but they don't you, know that, would, that would be the Republicans, too. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. They don't know shit, and they just don't care. They just it. vote because they think that the red team is better for whatever reason. They were raised to believe that, or they think the blue team is better for whatever reason, and they're sticking with it no matter what. And, and their kids will probably and be they that they don't have too. time to yes. look at everything. Yeah, yeah. 
to build upon that and take this in a slightly different direction, but to build upon that, BJ, um, coming from your perspective, your background, um, so you're, I would imagine you're somewhat at least familiar with uh, Liberty, um, whether it's in the more, um, how shall we say, proper, I don't mean in necessarily the political party, but just the philosophy of Liberty, the, the philosophy of, of less and less government and more personal freedom, more choice. Um, what comes to your mind when it comes to your hangups? And I'm going to guess I already know them, but I will let you speak for yourself. But the only reason why I say that is because I used to be a conservative. So I'm pretty sure I've already wrestled through most of those. But if you had to pick, say, maybe just a couple areas that come to mind when you say, I like libertarians, but I don't like this, or at least this is a major concern or hang up for me. But at least I might be willing to consider what a libertarian has to say that maybe I haven't heard already about this. I mean, I, most most of the stuff I agree with, but then it's like, just like uh, the disagreements, the concerns. Well, it's like if you let it, like if if everything is personal freedom, like right, like just like the House Bill One Hundred and Fifty, what's going through right now, where they're saying kids can get fucking like a gender therapy, like a hormone yes. therapy or gender reassignment. I feel like, like there needs to be surgery. fucking there needs to be a law that says. Kids absolutely, I agree with that. Oh, I would oh, say that. So you're that's a that's a fair one. So you're saying no laws is always better, except if it involves fucking weirdos around our kids. Well, here, so here's what I'm going to say about that, and this is something where it's actually a good thing to raise, and something this might take us down a rabbit hole. And I don't know how much time we have, but this is I'm a good really on time, good, BJ. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to say this is going to be an age of consent issue, mm. and this. Is, and this is going to be an issue that a lot of libertarians don't want to consider, but it's not going to be a black and white issue. Let's say we live in anarchy, an anarcho society where there's no, let's just say that there's no federal government. Maybe there's a couple governorships or even municipalities, and then the rural areas are more self-governing, meaning it's more of an, a true anarchy. Because I don't think tr most metropolitan areas are going to be without some type of government, to be honest with you. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. It doesn't mean I don't want it to happen. I just don't think it will be. But let's just say you're going to have some areas that are going to be that people do decide amongst themselves. I do believe that there will be situations in which there will be, say, one community where they're absolutely okay with kids picking and choosing genders and having hormone therapy and having surgery. And then you're going to have another community. They're like, Nope, that's bullshit. We don't tolerate it. We don't allow it. And if we even hear about it, we're going to do something about it. Um, I think that's a classic situation to where you have to decide for yourself. What is the line that you're not going to allow to be crossed and what are you willing to do about it? And I'll give you an example. Um, abortion. Christians and a lot of other people do believe that abortion is murder. It's being tolerated because the legal system allows it, largely speaking. Um, now we're in a different phase and we're going to see how it pans out. But for the longest time, up until about a year or two ago, about a year ago, abortion was legal. But we were literally saying we believe it's murder and we're seeing kids get basically thrown off bridges effectively. It's just that they're doing a nice little procedure behind closed doors, but you're effectively throwing kids off of bridges for all intents and purposes. That's what we believe. So what are you willing to do about it? Well, if you ever try to actually stop an abortion, 
that's legally not acceptable. So therefore you have the weight of law enforcement in your face. Now, what happens if you break that down and there's no threat of law enforcement except for it's one community versus another? I would argue it's going to be 50-50. Some communities might think, you know what? Those kids need us and we've got to do everything we can through peaceful measures first and then through potentially the threat of force if need be. If you hear about a community where they're allowing five and six-year-olds have surgery and get, you know, hormone therapy and all this other crazy shit. What are you willing to do about it? What's the escalation you're willing to go through to adjust that? Is it going to be just through influence, talking with them, trying to change their minds, or is it eventually going to go to harder consequences like market consequences, like stop doing business with them, you know, Make sure that everybody knows how bad these people are going to be. And then if it continues, are you willing to use force? Are you willing to go in there with armed men with guns to stop it forcefully? What are you willing to do? Some communities might be willing to do that. They might willing be willing to use armed men to initiate force to help those kids. Other communities might be like, you know what? Maybe we just have to agree to disagree and that's just the way that their community is going to live. And if their community dies out, then so be it. Or if they go goes a little bit crazy, that's their choice is that their community. And everybody will know that this community, this is how they behave. This is what they allow. And you either choose to be a part of it or you choose to avoid it. I think there's a lot of different directions that that can go into. I personally am of the belief that I want to do as much as possible through peaceful measures to prevent kids from being mutilated and making stupid decisions that are going to harm themselves permanently. On the other hand, I don't think it should go from zero to 60 very quickly. I think you should escalate appropriately. I think you need to have conversations. I think you need to have communities get involved where people get out there and do campaigns and get involved with people, get to know people, build relationships, try to win hearts and minds. You know, through business efforts, promote what you want instead of condemning what you don't want. Mm. There's all different kinds of ways you can try to approach this before it goes to, okay. okay, ultimately, are you willing to use men with guns at the last line to stop or prevent this from behave, happening? See, I have a hard time with that one because it's like, I don't, I can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> you know, like to the, me, it's like... Yeah. transition to a different gender. It's like you can't take your kid and get a tattoo at 16 years old. Yeah. So so you with, can't take your kid when he's 14 and get him a tattoo. And well, like, let me ask you this. Dude, question, but, to, but do you hear what I'm saying, though? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I understand. But it's I'm like, saying that it's okay. To, no, I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying the fact that it has to come up and it's fucking, it has to come up and they got to make a law. This is fucking crazy. Well, here's the way I see it. So I'm a, I'm a yeah. Christian. Seems just so everybody knows. I read scripture. The Old Testament is full of some pretty bad people that behaved in ways that would make us actually look pretty good. Make us so, look good? Us three? What's it would make us three look like good people? Uh, our, our modern society look pretty oh, good. Okay, okay. Um, so I'm just going to say that uh, I am no longer shocked based on what I've read in the Old Testament. And so I'll just say that the test Ooh. of the scripture says that there's nothing new under sin, that there's no new evil. The evil that we're seeing today is the same kind of evil we saw before. With that in mind, 
I think that there's a right way and a wrong way to go about things. And I think that's the key. I don't think you should just charge in with guns every time somebody does something that is wrong. I think there's an appropriate time for that. But I don't think that just because you have a difference of like, hey, man, this isn't cool. I think that there's different ta- there's different types of situations that warrant different types of you know scenarios. You know, I think that if you witness somebody being raped or beat up and murdered, then absolutely you intervene with force and you do everything within your power to ensure the safety of that victim. However, if you're talking about a kid whose parents are trying to convince this kid that he's a girl and they're trying to convince him to go through uh, hormone therapy and then eventually get his you know, wiener cut off, I think that there's an escalation to be had that you need to have conversations first. You need to appeal to these parents. Yeah. You need to try to do everything through peaceful measures first before you say, you know what? Maybe it's time we block your access to the clinic. Maybe it's time mm-hmm. we so you, confrontation. We get in your face and we say this isn't cool. You should not be doing this. So you would be okay with at some point the government stepping in. You, Brian Fox, you would be so okay the, at some the, point the, the government the, stepping in and saying, "Hey, this is getting a little fucking too much. You got, you got to stop." So the way you got to look at it from an anarchist point of view is: Does anarchy prevent rape and murder and theft? No. Does anarchy allow the use of force to prevent rape, murder, and theft? Absolutely. Should anarchy allow for kids to get mutilated? I think that mostly there's an argument to be said that some people would be okay with that and some people would be not. I don't think that's going to be a black and white answer for everybody. I do. I think it goes back to what are the community norms and how are you going to go about this? Is it, is it literally acceptable within the keeping of rights that as soon as you hear about some parents, they're going to drive their kid to the doctor to have hormone therapy or to get his dick cut off? Is it okay to get strapped, meet them at the doctor's office and threaten to shoot them at, on site? Is that what you're saying? I would say no. Is it appropriate that maybe you should let them know that this practice is completely unacceptable and that at some point force may ultimately be necessary if they don't listen to you. And that if you literally have to burn that damn clinic down, if you have to block their access to that clinic, maybe I honestly am not going to be overly upset if the, if what the community decides is yes, we're going to get rid of the clinic. We're going to lock up the doctors and we're going to lock up the parents and we're going to intervene by force. I absolutely would not have a problem with that whatsoever. Am I saying that as a matter of official policy? No. Okay. Because well, it's the community, you're not saying a monopoly on a government should decide to well, do that. Well, a lot of, a lot of these people too, it's like, I don't, I've, I've met a lot of people that like would support something like, like that, like letting the people do that. Yeah. And I'm surprised. Yeah, because I'm just so thinking like kids do not make fucking good decisions. Yeah, we so know this, flip, right? Here's the flip side to it. Once you open the door to having the government do it, you're opening the government, opening up the door to having the government do a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And it, the, here's the problem that can, here's problem with the people on the left and right have. It's okay to use power when it's for something that you agree with, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But is it okay to use that? Have you considered that power being used against you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So the same power, the same, let's just say that, you know, it's your guy that's in the governorship and he's, he's in charge of the law enforcement, you know, institutions. And he says, we're using law enforcement to crack down on any of these clinics, these doctors, these counselors, these therapists that are enabling and encouraging gender reassignments and hormone therapy. Cool. Rah, rah, rah. We all cheer because we all agree. Flip side, it's a new governor. And he's like, you know what? I have a problem with a lot of these radical Christian groups. Not all Christians. Not yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of these fundamentalists, they're a little bit too radical. I think we need to start cracking down on them. And he uses the power of law enforcement to crack down on what he considers to be radical churches. You might say, well, that's woefully inappropriate. That's wrong. You know, we have the First Amendment, we have the right to religion. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You've already set the precedent for using government force mm -hmm. when it suits your purposes. What libertarians want is no monopoly on force. We want no government. We want communities to be empowered by the people so that the people can make the decisions for themselves, which is where I started my example with is in an ideal libertarian society, you may very well have communities with very different moral codes and, you know, views and charters in which they abide by where one community says let the drugs flow and have sex with whoever you want and you might have another community where like yeah none of that's going to happen here where we take a more traditional conservative approach they're I not think saying they're not going to say that they require you to do that stuff but they're going to say this is what's allowed and this is what's not allowed pick the community that best fits your needs i i think that's the the Probably the correct, like, anarcho-libertarian answer is I've got kids. I should be as involved with I can, as I can with them to influence, you know, so that everything goes as good as possible with them. If I have opinions about other people influencing kids to do fucked up things that I completely disagree with, I can make that very publicly known. Maybe I shouldn't expect the government then to step in and prevent that. But I, the anarcho-libertarian answer would be I, sh I should have the right to publicly uh, uh, voice, my, voice my displeasure and, and to you know, shout it from the rooftop, but to influence my kids and to positively influence my situation as best possible, whereas I do not – I'm not shy about saying, you know, I, I, I think I, – or I disagree with those uh, specific uh, gender-affirming surgeries for minors. I do. I do. I yeah. disagree with those. But you're saying like if you – you can't have a law. Correct. A law was is too much power. Correct. Okay. And, and I because certainly I would, yes. I would even argue. So when you say gender hormone therapy, we're not going to allow hormone therapy. Then whoever's writing that legislation, what happens if it just so be that hey, this kid actually needs steroids to help his development? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, there's the, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have some purist that's writing legislation like no. Kids are too young for hormone therapy for any reason. Well, the thing is... Somebody needs hormone therapy for development. How I feel about that, too, though, is like when going back to the original, like, I don't care if someone's a transsexual. I don't care. If, if someone wants to be... If someone wants to be called man... You know, if I have a friend and they're trans and they want to be me to use a pronoun, I don't care. I'll do it. I'm a nice guy. I'll do whatever, you know. But I also agree, like, I don't want a law saying I have to. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But just when it comes to the kids, it just, I'm, 
it pisses me off because I'm like, no, this is, this is fucking too. not. Yep. Well, okay. Well, this is. I would even, never have thought of this was a thing. This is an even more difficult direction. Are you okay on time, Brian? Yeah, I was just sending you a message that we probably about ten to fifteen minutes. Okay, real quick. Like how, how would an anarcho-libertarian society that we'd all be happy with regulate uh, uh, pedophilia? What if a guy's got a daughter he's fucking? Who, who, oh my god! I know. That's it's, talk about a pleasant direction. We took this, huh? You find out your neighbor's fucking their daughter. Who steps in? Who 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 is that on? You know what well, I mean? Gonna, I, it, currently, it hap- that shit happens right now. Yeah, it is so let's not pretend right it doesn't yeah, happen it in our society now. So here's what I'm going to say is, if you're in a community where you feel like more people that are like-minded and you feel empowered to do what you believe is right, then go for it. But if the community is already established, this is how we do things. It's okay to fuck and your daughter in that you community. Were to take, and you were to initiate force <laughs> against your neighbor, no. knowing that about 10,000 other people are not going to support that decision, you've got to understand the consequences you're facing. And I would even go so far as to say that now that we've hashed this out, an argument could be made. Maybe it's okay that when you're at that point of a society to where you do have competing communities, maybe it's okay for some of these communities to, how shall we say, suffer the consequences of their choices. If a community decides they're going to be so terrible, then you know what's going to probably happen? Maybe businesses don't want to do business there anymore. Maybe people don't want to associate with them. Maybe their bad behavior is so repulsive that nobody wants to be associated with them. They isolate themselves and they either suffer the consequences or maybe they realize we're so terrible. Maybe we should change our ways so that people want to associate with us again. Yeah, I feel like like you were saying, like I guess how you put it, like a anarcho anarcho libertarian society that we'd There's be happy be a with. lot of suffering yeah so i think it's important to articulate that in a good way to to it's not a utopian it's not like it will be maybe, there's gonna be problems maybe after like 50 or but 60 there's all, years it'll get yeah but yeah, there's yeah. already plenty of problems too let's not yeah, pretend that go. people don't currently yeah. pet in, uh, familial go. incest doesn't already occur let's not pretend it let's not pretend Every it doesn't problem. occur Every problem we're concerned about in society is already happening in society in some way. Many would probably get better, but there's many that are not pleasant that if we actually... I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before about market consequences, welfare. I think people have to come to terms with the fact that if you want freedom, you have to have the consequences of freedom. Hmm. I I think you have to be willing to allow others to loop and hang their own rope and put themselves in it. What do you think of that, BJ? That's <laughs> tough. I mean, I, I, get, I get it. Like, I wouldn't care. Just like, you know, like... It's I got a difficult this conversation. to swallow. These like, are the hard topics. I was in a conversation with somebody, and they was talking about, like, you know, like, government collapse and all this, and I'm like, dude, I'll probably be fine. I said, I can fish. I, you know, I, I, I think I'm pretty good at shit like that. Yeah, BJ's like an actual I'm kind pre- of like a I'm, redneck. I'm pretty, you know, I'm like, you're the motherfucker that's going to be sorry. <laughs> I, I'm going to come take your shit. I got guns. You, know? you got like, guns you and ammo for, for a long time. Yeah, and, I'll take your food. It ain't going to matter. You know, like, I'm, I'm trying to. BJ's got family a, with some land. I right? felt like I was like, I'm saying something to help them. Yeah. Like, you don't know shit. You don't have shit. If this gets like this. You're going to be a victim here. I mean, yeah. I may be too. I'm not saying I'm fucking Rambo, but I'm just saying I'm, I, I, I'll, do, I'll do all right. Here's but. a thought experiment. Imagine we lived in the society that I speak of where we had different communities with different norms. 
and you had communities where they allowed radical behaviors. Anyone want to take a guess where if you had one community, most communities where say they respect people, they have boundaries and they try to do their best to be peaceful and prosperous. And you have other communities where they give into the worst indulgences and inclinations. Which communities do you think just by off the top of your head, just what I just laid out are more likely to succeed and prosper in the long run? Yeah, you're right. They would. They would. No, I they g- would crumble. Yeah, I, I do think most people, not all, but most people have a relatively good or good percentage of people have a good head on their shoulders. They know what's morally right. Maybe they joke around. They like to drink or something. But they they maybe they care for their family. I mean, you know, they're kinda, not a saint, but they they have a moral compass to a degree. I would actually go. I would go so far as to argue that the only reason why this insanity is even taking place is because it's enabled by the government. Okay. Okay. I think there's an argument to be made. It's the exact opposite. Institutions of power are promoting and protecting people who want to engage in insane, destructive behavior because it benefits them again. Yeah. And like you were saying about like communities, I think kind of like that kind of happens now anyway. Okay. What do you like, mean? Like affluent people move to really nice neighborhoods. Okay. Yeah. Don't have crime and they send their kids to really nice schools. And the taxes are a little higher there, but they have a stronger, more strict police force. The kids, they turn out good and they get good jobs and then their kids do too. You know, and it's kind of like, it kind of happens already. It works itself out a little bit. It does already in, in, in our system right now, you know, and just. Yeah. Degenerate behavior is not going to breed excellence. Yeah. 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 And it's kind of, you know, I'm like, I feel the same way with like public schools. Mm. I feel like you kind of get forced, you know, because everybody don't get the money to send their family to private schools. Mm-hmm. But it's better. But then you, if you don't have the money, guess what? Your kid's stuck in the public school because you don't have a choice. And then they get like. BJ, after considering what we've talked about, would you say that you're more open to a society in which people are allowed to make choices for themselves? even though where we're at currently isn't ideal to where we don't want to have to use government. And that would even go so far as to say, I'm not going to be upset if government intervenes and says, no kids can't do this. And I'm even going to argue that in the meantime, while we have government, it's probably not the worst thing in the world for them to actually exercise some form of power. I just think we have to be realistic that when we're enabling and encouraging government to crack down in one moral area, that's inevitably going to happen in other areas as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I kind of I'm kind of split on it because I think like I do think like big government is good in terms of like military. Okay. Well, we need to be Brian. We need to go do a different episode. We don't yeah, have a bunch of time for today. No, see, Brian. What well, I mean by that is, I think it's a good deterrent. It's not good because it's probably the same shit. It's probably wasted a bunch of money. Okay, but. You know, here, you know, it, it kind of sucks. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm all about, like, freedom, personally. I mean, I don't... But, Brian, you, you giggled there for a second, but I do think BJ actually yeah. would not support the money going to Ukraine, right? No, hell no. Okay, so so I don't think he's his... He, what, what BJ meant when I just he said mean military ourself. is... Like, what I think- BJ is saying is very understandable, and I would just say that keep in mind, this goes back to the first first principles... 
government is good as long as it's used in the government that I feel is appropriate. Would you say that's a yeah, fair yeah, that's kind of yeah. Now, I think everybody kind of buys keep into in that mind, shit. Three hundred million other people thinking the same way for their own version of big government. Oh, and I understand good. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like you know, I think I had the same, you know, thought like, you know, with like other countries example. Like if I was in Iraq, if I was in Iraq, yeah, I'd probably fucking hate the United States if I lived in a fucking Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I, but I'm not. I'm in the United States and I'm fucking like, fuck them. I was watching a video with Yanni about Vietnam and there was a girl who was raised in Vietnam, born there, and she, her, both her parents were killed by the communists and she loved America. She was reading American literature. She moved away to a different little village in Vietnam and then guess what? The United States bombed her little village. Yeah. yeah so then yeah. she now she she goes to now hating the United States. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just like all sorts of the, well, the, this crazy shit going on there. They have legitimate reasons to dislike us in many instances. I think I I, I like the idea, you know, of individual liberty, and I think I would be fine. Are you for decriminalization of all drugs, BJ? Oh. Yeah, yeah, probably. I think you're not gonna. I think you're, okay you're with me? I think you you're okay? not gonna. You're not gonna solve the problem with laws. Okay. So you're okay with kids having access? Kids. See, like that's little- that's what. See, <laughs> you got Ryan's me. Ryan's going extreme. No, yeah. See, that's where you get me. And and that's that's fine. That's you know. What's the answer? For, are you all are you all for unfettered access to firearms? Wait, wait, wait. Answer the question about the drugs with the little kids, Brian. Continue that question. Drug. That, I'll, I'll get with Brian. He doesn't I mean, want that's Asia consent. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Brian's giggling here. <laughs> okay, so you don't want but, kids having drugs. I don't either. Brian, you don't want kids having bad drugs, do you? Um, I don't I'm not gonna allow my kids to have drugs if that's a little insight. Okay. So like you know, like the way that works out is like everybody else's kids are all fucked up on fentanyl. And then your kids like run everything because they're not doing drugs. Yeah, I mean all you can control is what you influence, I guess, really. And that's kind of how it is anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's that's kind of how I live my life, and that's how a parent, norm, a father, yeah, normally yeah, does yeah, yeah. or should, right? I They're try influencing to do my best their kids. I can, yeah. Yes, because you can't really change the world, you know. But as far as the firearms are concerned, yeah, kind of. I, I I think people should be able to have whatever they want, you know. If they, you know, like not everybody. I don't know. It's like, do you, you want to have a nuke? You know, can somebody sit around their garage and build a nuclear bomb and get some in your uranium and be like, we can do this? You know what I mean? I would argue that if a person has the means to acquire a nuke, they're probably not going to just randomly drop one on their neighbors. Yeah. That's how I feel about machine guns, too. Everybody talks all this shit about the machine guns. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know how much fucking machine guns cost, dude? How much? I fucking don't. like thousands. Really? Do you have like, one? No, but I'm just saying, if you want to get like a fully automatic gun, it's like 10, 20K. Really? Yeah. Brian, you have any machine guns? He can't answer that. I don't, I, I don't want a machine gun, to be honest with you. Okay. But I'm saying, like, people are worried about people getting machine guns. The, the whole premise of the question of unfettered access to firearms or unfettered access to drugs is, do you believe that there should be limits on rights? And if so, why? Because once you agree that there should be a limit on a right, then it's just your ver- your subjective evaluation of a limit versus somebody else's. It's I like understand that. Yes. You, you think you're okay with big government, but maybe your version of big government is more limited compared to somebody else mm-hmm. who thinks government should control everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe your version of 
you know, common sense, and I'm not saying this for you literally, maybe your version of some boundaries on drugs is too much or too little for somebody else. So you've always got to look at it as in, and then you have to understand why. Are you worried about your family or are you worried about somebody else? When I said I'm okay with unfettered access to fentanyl, cocaine, and crack. For minors? I'm, I'm going to look at, I'm going to look out for my kids. Okay. I'm going to do it takes to make sure that my kids aren't getting into that stuff. I'm not worried about your kids per se. That doesn't mean I don't genuinely care, but ultimately when it comes to personal responsibility, I'm only responsible for my kids, not yours. So if I know that fentanyl is available, if I know that it's an issue, I'm going to do everything in my power to educate and inform and protect my kids. If I feel that there's an issue with them getting fentanyl at the local school, guess what? I'm pulling them out of that local school. So it kind of goes down to is, are you going to take responsibility for the people that you're responsible for, whether it's just yourself or your kids or your other loved ones? And people don't view it that way. They view it as in, I want to make decisions for everybody else because I don't trust anybody else or I want to be in charge of everybody else. They want to put limits on rights because they don't want other people to have to choose for themselves. So, yeah, I think freedom comes with a lot of responsibility and I think there's a lot of consequences. Am I okay with the idea that a 16-year-old could potentially buy a dangerous weapon and then take it into school one day? Absolutely. I'm already worried about it now. But I would also argue that what people don't consider is in a truly free society, there's a lot of dynamics that will change. In other words, oh, so guns are nearly limitless. Well, gun owners are probably going to be a lot more inclined to be careful who they sell to because if it comes out they sold a gun to a kid, who turned around and shot up a school or shot up his friends, then that community is going to be coming for his ass for being, you know, an asshole. They're going to hold him accountable in some way. Does that mean that that right should not exist? Of course not. But I think you have to be able to be expected to exercise common sense. Do I think you should be able to drink and drive? Absolutely. Am I encouraging it? No. Do I absolutely believe that you should suffer the consequences of drinking and driving? Should those, should an accident occur? 100%. Okay. So, but a lot of people don't want to think it through. I, I think, BJ, your stance on abortion that you described earlier is actually consistent with the anarcho-libertarian stance. You were like, yeah, I agree. It's not pleasant. People probably shouldn't do it. But I mean, should the government step in and prevent it? Yeah, I, I think that sounds like a pretty libertarian uh, description of it. I know that's people- a can of worms. Yeah, the problem with that is in a very simple version, not to be argumentative, the simple response for the pro-life version is we view the unborn life as the same as anybody else that is worth protecting. So killing somebody that's just walking by is no different than pulling some killing a child that is unborn from our in our point of view. Is that your stance, Brian? That is mine. Well, I believe I I, I agree. People act like it's uh. Like, anyways, I'm like, okay, let them do it. I don't personally think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You're not you a know, huge fan of I'm abortion? Not a fan. And, <laughs> and, you know, the way people, like, glamorize it like you're a fucking hero <laughs> It's now, weird. You know? Have you like, seen so, those videos uh, about women bragging about how yeah, many they've I'm had? Yeah, I'm just like, oh, so here's, here's the funny thing about abortion. In the same way that we agree that murder is wrong and should be prohibited, yes? Yeah. yeah. That stopped <laughs> murder from happening? 
Yeah, I, 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 I see it that way too. No, the, what, I, what I'm saying is there's a difference between tolerating a behavior versus prohibiting it with the expectation that that's going to stop it. Even if all of society deemed abortion to be intolerable tomorrow, there's no presumption that it would actually stop. Correct. Just like I absolutely do not believe that just because you make all of society a gun-free zone, that's going to stop gun-related crimes from happening. Well, that's kind of how I feel about the drugs, too. Okay. Like, what's it matter if heroin is legal or illegal? The same motherfuckers that do heroin are going to be doing heroin. Yeah. If they make heroin legal, I'm not going to stop up here at the heroin shop and get me something to fucking a- shoot up there. After, after kickboxing yeah, training? Yeah, like, let me go ahead and do a little heroin. It's not going to, you know, cracks the same way. Like, you know, like, why, why, why do we make it illegal when the same, I feel like the same population feel the same way about weed, okay? I don't and isn't, it, and isn't it ironic that the people that are making the laws for prohibition are usually using more drugs than everybody else? Yeah, and, like, my thing is, like, with the weed, too, like, I don't think people are going to smoke weed because it's legal. You know, like, They're not going to smoke more weed because it's legal. Yeah, they're not, people's not going to do that. We're, guys, we're we're probably going to wrap up the episode. Brian, I want to say good stuff. Yeah, no, I think so. Different yeah. different types of directions we can take these types of conversations. Kind of word, you know, conversational, exploring different topics. I think it's good. BJ, you know, of course, is a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt, former pro MMA fighter. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> in the the combat sports world, which is the Kelly Patrick show locally, yeah, you're someone that people do listen to. So the purpose yeah, of the people do like listen to my yeah. So so the purpose of it <laughs> <laughs> is is to have Brian on here, and I thought it'd be cool to explore some of these different options. And yeah. and, and I think coming from a Republican or at least Republican type uh, background, Brian, that's kind of well, at least what I view is that that's kind of he is pro life. So, I mean, that you know, he is a little bit more of a right-leaning yeah, yeah. Uh, libertarian, right, Brian? Well, actually, it's kind of funny. I'm actually, I, that's a whole, I'm not right-leaning. Culturally, I'm a conservative, but in terms of policies, they're very neutral, very freedom. Okay. See, I consider myself a moderate Republican. Okay. I guess. Fuck, I don't know what I am. Okay. But that doesn't really matter to most of the people listening. I think right now we've done a good job of, setting a foundation for discussing the issues and encouraging people to think for themselves, to think more critically, to consider things more deeply than just the headlines. And that to me will be, you know, that's a win right there. I love it. Well, Brian, thank you very much for coming on. BJ, thank you very much for coming on. Problem. Uh, Pleasure meeting you. You too, man. See you. Want to thank everyone for tuning in. Of course, we'll have another episode of the Kelly Patrick show out soon.